From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to a very special, supersized edition of In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And uh, yes, I am Jerry Brooks, your host, tour guide through the uh, wackadoodle world of Joe Biden and Joe Biden's America. And believe me, folks, we are loaded for bear, so we're not going to take much time before we get into the heart of this mess. Now, of course, if you, we definitely would ask you to subscribe to our podcast. You can always send email at inblackandright at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, inblackandright.net. You can subscribe there. You can catch some of the latest news, and boy, we're going to be working hard today. Now, of course, there's plenty going on today for certain and going to be for the rest of the week. But before we get into all that, like the debates and everything else, I got something that just absolutely blew my mind. And I only found it after going off the air yesterday. And this, I mean, this is from the Stop Me If You've Heard This Before department. Because Natalie Winters of The War Room, incredibly sharp young woman, has done extensive investigative reporting, and this one just absolutely blew my mind. Uh, exclusive. I mean, I mean, I guess it was exclusive, but there are similar stories that are in Breitbart, and also Alex Jones came up with this, but I really like... Natalie Winter's version of this. Here's your headline, boys and girls. Biden has already begun buying COVID-19 equipment, hiring pandemic safety protocol, quote-unquote, enforcers. Now, I saw that and I'm like, oh, crap. They're going to try this again? Ugh. I mean, this is, it's not that big, it's not that long, but oh my gosh, I'm definitely going to be putting a link to this on the website later today because y'all need to read this. I mean, don't believe me, read this for yourself. Quote, let's start the story here, uh, as reported by Ms. Winters. The federal government has started purchasing COVID-19 equipment and hiring advisors on quote-unquote safety protocols amid speculation the White House will reinstate pandemic-era lockdowns and mandates. War Room can reveal. Okay, stop me if you've heard this. Lockdowns, mandates, this is what really ticked off people the first time. And now they're going to try to bring it back? I said, yeah, that will go over like a lead brick. And as far as these uh, pr safety protocol enforcers, I'm like, enforcers? I said, no, I went through this crap back in the, when I lived in Nevada, in, in Reno. The shutdowns, the lockdowns, what it did 
to the hotel industry, the gambling industry, casinos. It was hideous. What it did to local business owners was even worse. Having all these sort of inspectors coming to various places. I There was even a coffee shop that I loved going to. And yet you've got people who are looking at this, you know, and they're going into businesses and enforcing, you know, to see if they're following the rules. I would have said, screw that and the, and the horse they rode in on. This is what's making me mad. But let me get into more of this story because the, the more you learn about this, I really hope you get angry. I really hope you get angry because if they're going to try to do the same crap this year and into next year, you know, as as we're going into a presidential election year, does this sound any kind of familiar to folks? Anyway, we go on. Continuing with uh, Ms. Winter's story. The unearthed government contracts from entities including the Department of Defense shows millions in taxpayer funds being used to purchase COVID-19 equipment such as test kits. Some of the contracts, which are traceable via federal government's spending database, are even scheduled to begin in future months such as September and October. Hmm, okay, this could be fun. The, continuing on, the DOD, for example, gave, gave Hologic Sales and Service, LLC, a $1.5 million contract beginning October 1st that's set to conclude in May of 2024. The federal database reveals the funds are for Hologic COVID testing services in support of the Department of Pathology at Madigan Army Medical Center in Tacoma, Washington. Okay, now I, I know the Northwest pretty dang well. I lived in Oregon and Washington for about 50, over 50 years. So I'm like, mm-mm. Okay, here we go. Let's go a little further. The Department of Veterans Affairs also linked a $2 million contract with Abbott Molecular Inc. beginning September 22nd set to conclude in September of 2024. The contract will provide testing services for viruses, including COVID-19. <sighs> okay, L the dates, the timing tells me a lot. It tells me a lot. Now, granted, it's not the time of, you know, the actual election, but it's too stinking close. Okay, so let's go on. The VA also started a $1.3 million contract with BioFire Diagnostics LLC on August 18th for its quote-unquote COVID-19 testing uh, reagents and equipment, unquote. The contract is slated to expire in August of next year. Here we go. Even more. On August 14th, the VA began a $3.3 million contract with Oddball Inc. for advisory on adequate COVID-19 safety protocols. Again, stop me if you've heard this before. 
Oh my gosh. Now, these companies that are these federal contractors now for the VA, for the DOD, and God knows how many others, the contract, these contracts are set to expire in August of next year, most of them, except for the one that's going to be done in May. The unearthed contracts follow, and here we go, the last part of her story. The unearthed contracts follow the mainstream media hyping an alleged surge in COVID-19 cases across America, which also dovetails with COVID-19 vaccine makers such as Pfizer experiencing a rapid decline in profits. Okay, folks, are you freaking serious here? Yep, they're bringing it back because Pfizer, Moderna, over, I mean, they've been losing money hand over fist because a growing number of people who are finding out that this, their, the miracle vaccine was nothing more than a ticking bomb. A lot of these people who took the vaccine because of job or some sort of mandate or whatever, we've heard the stories, folks myocarditis, neurological conditions developing because of the vaccine, and now here it comes again. The Biden administration wanting to, oh no, we're having another, we're having this other surge of of COVID-19 and we have to put this into place. I'm thinking to myself, are you freaking serious? I am angry i mean a lot of people even folks i know even here locally where i live when they've heard the story it's like oh crap again the government the biomedical security state are going to try it again and the timing is really skunky because if they're going to bring back all of the lockdowns and the mandates and travel restrictions and this and that and the other i'm thinking to myself okay there this is a repeat of 2020 uh i don't care where if somebody calls me a conspiracy theorist i say screw you i've seen this before i lived this nightmare especially when i was living in nevada i mean what they did what they tried to do to me when I was in a hospital in, in a hospital in Reno after having had a heart attack, making me wear a freaking mask, sneaky nurses trying to get a COVID test out of me. I'm like, and every time they did, it came out negative. I never had one symptom of COVID. Never. I never took the vaccine, even though some people who got, well, fooled, and they're trying to tell me, it's like, well, Jerry, you've got all these problems. You need to take the vaccine. I said, like hell I do. I don't need to take nothing. I'm not going to let them try it. And everybody who didn't take the vaccine got proven right. They totally got proven right. Yay. So now they all of a sudden want to bring it back. It's like, 
There are more people who are who would be absolutely thoroughly pissed off. Sorry, it's a little spicy, but it's going to get a little spicy today. This is ridiculous. I'm not go I this is one of the reasons why I moved to Florida because they didn't have these crazy mandates. But yet today today I mean, I don't see nearly as many people, but I do see people who wear masks. A lot of them are seniors, and I can understand that to a point. I, but the two biggest groups that I've seen, just from my own personal experience, this is not some scientific study, but black folks and seniors wearing their masks. I'm like, COVID's over. And yet you're still wearing a mask? I'm sorry, I normally wouldn't be so harsh, but I'm thinking to myself, uh, how long have you gone how long are you going to be a sheep? The American people versus the American sheeple. And I'm willing to bet you there are gonna be people I mean, the characters are different now. Fauci's gone, but I'm sure the mainstream media will bring him back to enforce the annoying little self-absorbed <laughs> well dwarf and all of, and all the crap that he's spewed and got millions of Americans into all kinds of medical problems and cuz I knew when I heard that the government and these vaccine manufacturers uh, Pfizer and Moderna had zero liability if something went wrong with the vaccine that went click that was my red alert I said mm-mm no liability no legal liability I'm thinking ah, not in this life nor the next sugar no 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 uh, no so I'm gonna be this is definitely a story we're gonna be tracking and just but I wanted to give you all fair warning pass this on to your friends there will be a link on in blackandright.net to this story and it's going to absolutely piss a whole lot of y'all off and it should because we're going to go through shutdowns of schools churches businesses again uh-uh no and these what are these safety protocol enforcers what is their job and if somehow a place a business or whatever doesn't uh, meet up with these standards what are they going to do are they going to try to shut them down or whatever I said you tried that the last time and yet I have a feeling it's even bigger than that because given the timing and all of these states that are we're gonna try to do it again with mail-in ballots and everything else it's like mm -mm, it's not gonna be nearly as easy this time to pull that crap anywhere in the country because you had Mike Lindell mr. my pillow himself in his election summit last week in Springfield Missouri pretty much put out his plan a device 
that can track voting machines that go online and you if you've got some county clerk it's like well no our machines don't go online it's like sorry we call BS and there will be <laughs> all kinds of electronic evidence it's like oh no we see this machine at this polling place went online and it's like mm-mm and we know what and they even know the name of the machine that did it be it routers printers any type of Wi-Fi oh yeah it will get busted but it doesn't mean that they're not gonna try uh, I even remember an interview a few months ago with Katie McFarland very sharp lady national security expert worked all the way back in the Reagan administration and she said without a doubt in her mind that you can pretty much bank on either uh, the FBI, the CIA, the Justice Department, somebody to try more election interference. I mean, even worse than what they're doing to President Trump. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so they're playing their hand awful early and they're hoping that because the mainstream media didn't report it, but you have all this independent media that is, it's like the word's got to get out. They're going to try this crap again. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no. No and hell no. Uh-uh. Uh Not going to happen. Because I've already been through this crap a couple years ago when I moved down here. It's like flight attendant. I mean... Fl Flight attendants becoming essentially mask Nazis? Yeah. I had to go through it with trains and everything. It's like, no. No, these people are playing you for fools. They think that just because it comes from the government, oh yeah, it's a oh yeah, it's 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 valid, it's legitimate, and it's like, mm-mm. Remember the great lord of all science, Dr. Fauci. Throw in the CDC and Walensky, the FDA, the NIH, Francis Collins. These were the contri contributors and the conspirators to play all kinds of mind games in the name of quote-unquote public health. Screw it. Ugh. That, that just makes me angry right there. And I wanted to do that as my lead story because it's just getting really nuts. And it's only one aspect of the bigger picture. Case in point. <clears throat> now, again, the Atlantic Magazine, the Atlantic Magazine, who gave us a couple... Uh, who gave us just yesterday or very recently the annoying fantasy of Lawrence Tribe and this other ludic guy who's a former judge about the 14th Amendment being used against Donald Trump. It's crap. It's absolute crap. And yesterday played Alan Dershowitz from his War Room interview and pretty much just nuked it. But they're not gonna stop. Today in the Atlantic Magazine, <laughs> and I love this because the guy 
who wrote this is Jerusalem Demsis. Jerusalem. I'm like, okay, that's weird, but anyway. Today, another article in the Atlantic Magazine, which is a left-wing elitist uh, magazine. The, the title of the piece, Americans Vote Too Much. I'm like, okay. This right after that nonsensical article, oh, uh, opinion piece about the 14th Amendment. I mean, I read Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, and it has nothing to do, and I mean nothing to do, with what's going on with Trump in Atlanta and in D.C. and in New York. No. Sorry. Georgia's got probably the most, well, the most stones to even come up with this. Even the New York Times today had an article about elections and the necessity of them and they need to be eliminated, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? I mean, the timing of this... <laughs> Oh, mother. This is this is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. But you know, hey, is it given these people? I mean, come on, can we get a little real here? I mean, can we get real? Because you now have today within the last 48 hours, you've had two um, two articles about getting out, getting rid of Trump, getting rid of elections, <laughs> and there's, oh my gosh, and it's crazy. Now the story I just told you about uh, these uh, crazy COVID things coming back—it's already started. There are colleges that have mask mandates, and they're starting to pick up like crazy in Hollywood. Um, it's happening there too. I'm going, okay, here we go. I mean, it's right there. Now, I don't know when somebody's going to try to, uh, pull that crap here in Florida. Either University of Florida, Florida State, uh, University of Miami, whatever. It is absolutely just nuts absolutely nuts but this thing with the annoying I mean the just the annoying attempt to say well we just need to get rid of elections we need to get rid of the electoral college that's been going on since Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 and now because <laughs> the geniuses in these legal geniuses uh, the circus animals that are called prosecutors I mean they are trained circus animals and they're going after it especially in Atlanta I mean Trump is going to be there on Thursday and the idiotic imbecilic Fulton County Sheriff wants to get that oh yeah he wants to get Donald Trump's mugshot and everything and fingerprint him and treat him like a common criminal 
Fulton County, I got friends who live there. Your sheriff is a moron. He is an idiot. If that's all he's concerned about, given all the rampant crime in Fulton County, especially the city of Atlanta, he's a doofus. I mean, this is ridiculous. And Fannie Willis, oh, don't even get me started on her. And I'm really hoping to talk to the state senator in Georgia, Colton Moore, who basically wants her either impeached or defunded. And I'm like, dude, what do I got to do to help? Can I help you? Because I'm sick and tired of this woman. I'm sick and tired of her. You know, it's like, well, it's funny. It's like, no, it's Fanny because I said it before. Because she is acting like a, essentially acting like a horse's ass. She thinks she is all that in a bag of chips, and she's fundraising and all of that. I said, no, girl, mm-mm, I don't care if you're black. Stupidity and fascism do not discriminate. It just doesn't. So, I mean, you got that going on, uh, trying to mess up elections. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, well, let's get rid of all these elections and blah, blah, blah. I said, Really? They're coming up with that after Mike Lindell and his brilliant plan. And I think it is brilliant because it keeps an eye on people. Now they're like, oh, let's not have elections. I said, the timing of this is so suspicious. Ugh, help me, somebody. But yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty nuts. Ugh. Oh, let's see. Oh, yes. Now, since we are still uh, in uh, debate week and Rupert Murdoch just cannot seem to get over himself. I mean, story from the Washington Post a few days ago about Rupert Murdoch visited the governor of Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, trying to get him to seek the presidency. You know, it's like, hey, Governor Youngkin, I got a network, I got money, I know other people with money. Please save us from Trump. <laughs> and Youngkin, uh, sorry, if you're going to be crazy enough to do that, Governor Youngkin, uh, I'm afraid you deserve to be pretty much lambasted because all, I mean, DeSantis, my governor, fell for this crap. He got seduced by all that money. And now his campaign is a freaking mess. It's a freaking mess. And how much of his campaign people... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny to me watching this, you know, how they're trying to get people like... Because DeSantis is the flavor of the month and he's done. Sorry, he is. And I hate to say that about my own governor. Uh, Kemp, Brian Kemp of Georgia, he's not going to run either because he's too busy drowning in the river of denial about the 2020 election in Georgia when there's a hell of a lot of evidence to prove otherwise. So pretty much him and Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, yeah, they're douches. They really, I'm just like, no. Sorry, ain't gonna, I'm not going to be into that. Now, what really blows my mind here, what really blew, blows my mind, you know, staying on the subject of the debate. Well, ever since President Trump uh, 
came out and said, no, I'm not going to do any debate. None. So I'm like, okay, this is really trippy. And a story in the New York Post, which happens to be owned by one Mr. Rupert Murdoch, apparently put out the story uh, today. Fox and the headline, Fox News tells Trump surrogates no spin room access at the first debate. I'm like, uh-oh. I mean, this is going to be funny. Uh, it just with, It's going to be funny because you have right now in Milwaukee, um, you've got Don Jr. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he's, def yeah, trust me, as many of you know, Don Jr. is no pushover. His fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, uh, is looking to be there. Carrie Lake is already there. That She is the queen of MAGA. I'm like, plus you've got Congress people. Uh, Matt Gates from Florida. Byron Donalds from Florida. Uh, you've got Lauren Boebert, I believe, from Colorado. Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. Uh, Caroline Wren, who is the senior advisor to Carrie uh, Lake. I'm going... Yeah, this is going to absolutely be hilarious. Uh, I'll, I'll just read just I'll read this story. It's not very long here in the New York Post, but Fox News has informed Donald Trump's campaign that surrogates for the former president will not be allowed access to the spin room following men Wednesday night's first Republican debate. The barring of Trump allies from Wednesday's post-debate media scrum at the Five Serve Forum in Milwaukee came one day after the 77-year-old former president confirmed that he would not participate in the event. Well, what a difference a day makes. Anyway, a network spokesperson told the Post that the spin room ban applied to all candidates who did not qualify for the debate, not just Trump. CNN first reported the restrictions on Monday. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's not that... This has got a lie right there. The, post, the spokeswoman for Fox told The Post that the ban applied to all candidates who did not qualify for the debate. It's like, wait a minute. Trump did qualify. He more than qualified. All he did was pretty much say no to Rupert Murdoch's trap. And the fact that he's also uh, doing an interview, which will be aired, as it was it was recorded uh, previously from uh, Trump's Bedminster Country Club in New Jersey. So, but they're going to play it to counter this nonsense. I'm loving it because you get... Trump, the very obvious leader who's got the nomination, has had it for months, and every time an indictment comes, boop, he gets a bump in the polls. Always. So, really, to say that, well, his surrogates couldn't come because he didn't qualify for the debate is, I call BS Fox. Total BS. He not only more than qualified, 
You wanted him to come. You had people go to his club in Bedminster. You begged him to come. And he said no because he knew what he was going to get. And now you're like, oh no, your surrogates can't come because you don't qualify for the debate. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see how that works with people like Carrie Lake and Matt Gates and all of the other surrogates because these are not wimps. These aren't wimps. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. Another reason why, folks, uh, I love what Steve Banning says. <laughs> Fox is television for stupid people. Trust me, you're going to learn more watching the interview between Tucker and President Trump than you ever would at the debate. So, that spares me a lot of pain tomorrow night because if I had to watch that thing, I would have to have a big, huge bottle of antacid right there with me because it was going to make me physically ill. But, interestingly enough, the RNC isn't playing games just with Donald Trump. Um, from the National Pulse, uh, just, oh gosh, breaking news. The exclusive on the National Pulse, the complicated reason Larry Elder isn't on the RNC debate stage. Now, this is going to be interesting to me because going through this story, yeah, it's just like crazy. So, just really, um, I, I got to read this because this really tells me and it really validates the reasons why I left the GOP and became an independent. Now, from the story on National Pulse, conservative commentator Larry Elder says he's suing the Republican National Committee after being left off the debate stage in Milwaukee. The National Pulse can reveal that the dispute surrounding his eligibility stems from a Rasmussen Reports poll published Monday, August 21st, which ostensibly gives Elder the 1% he needs to cross the eligibility threshold. Elder says he has already surpassed the other requirements, including having over 40,000 donors across dozens of states. But the RNC says the poll cannot be factored in, not because it came from Rasmussen, a pollster with an excellent track record, but rather the organization which sponsored the survey, the Anti-Soros Enforce the Law PAC, is run by Eric Brandstad, who has previously and recently worked with both Team Trump and Team Elder. Okay, this is just lame. Once again, serious lameness from the RNC. I mean, they couldn't even have the decency to work on election integrity, but it took Mike Lindell, a businessman, to come up with a system that could keep an eye on some of these people from trying anything hinky, and he has not just electronics and technology, he has a national network of people and they're going to be working this November 
for the elections that are going on in Kentucky, Louisiana, and I believe Mississippi. So that's going to be like a serious kick butt beta test. But yeah, th this is just lame. I mean, I understand, you know, it's Ronna Mc Ronna Romney McDaniel uh, and everything, but ay 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 ay. That's pretty nutty. Uh, and I would strongly suggest becoming a member of the National Pulse because they're getting into stuff that no, you will not see this crud in the mainstream media. Never. Now, this is interesting because I've got two stories that are very much related. Now, this is also coming from the National Pulse. Uh, headline, wildfires caused by arsonists not climate change, say officials. Now, this isn't Maui. Oh, no, I've got a special little section of, for Maui today on this supersized edition. This, these are wildfires that are happening on the Spanish island of Tenerife. And apparently, um, the officials on the island of on that island there in Spain have said it is arson that started it but the media the press is still hyping it as climate change supposedly as a contributing factor now this is from Spain okay this isn't Maui and I'm thinking to myself what is it with the freaking media and it's really sick love affair with climate change Climate change is crap. I will say it straight up. I don't believe in it, never have believed in it, and I'm not going to let some goofballs try to tell me how, what I can eat, what kind of light bulbs I use, what kind of car I can drive. And if they have a problem with that, well, you're just going to have to get over yourselves. And I say, screw you and the horse you rode in on. I'm not going to buy it. But this is in Spain. Now, my goodness, just uh, just part of that st this story. Wildfires that have seen 12,000 flee their homes on the Spanish island of Tenerife were started deliberately, officials say. But the press are still hyping climate change as a supposedly contributing factor. Part of the Canary Islands, popular with tourists and increasingly illegal boat migrants, Tenerife has been gripped by blazes for a week, with Spain's socialist leader Pedro Sanchez declaring the affected area a disaster zone. Okay, that's just briefly what's going on uh, in on Tenerife. But when you're talking the whole mess with Maui, who Oh my goodness, this is so spicy warning, spicy warning, because with some of the stuff, and it's not me, I'm talking the residents of Maui. So Joey Boy and Jill, his enabler of elder abuse, are on Maui, and it is just another, <laughs> another comedy of errors but it's not funny in fact it's dang tragic 
I mean, there was no love. There has been no love for Biden since he got there. His motorcade, <laughs> oh my goodness, his motorcade got a lot of one-finger salutes. <laughs> a lot of one-fingered salutes uh, when he got there. I mean, you know, one-finger salutes and signs. People's homes, I mean, there was one that I saw that said, Trader Joe, go home. And I'm thinking, and it's T-R-A-I-T-O-R, Trader Joe. These are people who are ticked. I mean, Maui and the whole state of Hawaii is very blue. But Maui is gorgeous. It is a gorgeous place. I've been to Hawaii. I went there about 15 years ago, but I wasn't on Maui. I was on Oahu and Honolulu and that area. But it's gorgeous on all the islands. Very rich, tropical, lush. I mean, it's beautiful. And there are a lot of resorts there. You know, five-star resorts on Maui and everything. But the residents are pissed. They are absolutely pissed. Just to give you a little example, uh, a local who was talking to a correspondent from Rebel News, which is out of Canada, by the way. And uh, here we go. Okay, that's a resident of Maui. I'm sorry the sound like was a little a little rough, but this is a resident who is pissed. Now, when Joe Biden got there, I thought and he was speaking, I thought, "Oh crap. Oh, by the way, <laughs> just um one of the things uh that a uh, one of the reporters from Rebel News put up, he posted a photo of a house that says, no comment and no ice cream, <laughs> spray painted in white letters. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are people who are mad. I mean, straight up, psych straight up mad. And Hawaii is not exactly, especially the island of Maui, is not exactly what you would call uh, MAGA country, but man, the people who are there, oh, the residents, I'm thinking, holy crap, they, they're, they're basically being MAGA big time, but holy cow, <clears throat> you want, you want to hear just how bad it is for Biden over there, when he arrives and he's speaking to people, oh my gosh, you gotta hear this. I'll just let it speak for itself. Oh, hang on a second here. Okay, here we go. Oops. But we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond. 
and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression... Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did you just hear that? He's, again, regaling stories of himself and his family. He did the same damn thing when the 13 American heroes and their bodies were coming home and arriving at Dover Air Force Base and Biden was looking at his watch. Okay, just looking at his watch. And many of the families, not all, but some, pretty much expressed their disgust to the media a couple of years ago after this happened. I'm like, holy cow, folks. This is just messed up. Because he was talking about his son, Bo Biden. Yes, he did serve, but he didn't die in Iraq. He actually passed away from cancer at Walter Reed. And his widow and his brother apparently started getting it on. And anyway, ugh, this, this is hard. This is really hard to, sh to listen to that shows you once again why Joe Biden is the mess he is and what he's done to the country. And on top of that, just to show that level of such insensitivity and unrelatability. Oh my gosh. Then not long after that, Joe goes to a memorial service for some of the people and he nodded off again. What is it? Did not did he not have a scheduled nap? I mean, what the hell is wrong with the White House staff? He's got to have his nap because otherwise he's going to embarrass himself again and again and again and again. And so many people on that island are so mad because He's like, oh, we're going to give you $700 each to help you try to rebuild your lives. And I'm like, no wonder the residents of Maui are howling mad. Because they only get $700 while the freaking Ukraine continues to get billions and billions of dollars for an offensive that was... A complete failure I mean Zelensky had to even get rid of some of his recruiting people in Odessa because they were taking money from families to not take their sons or their daughters off to war 
I mean, five million dollars. These, uh, there must have been. I mean, there must have been a whole lot of these folks. It's like, hey, please do not take my son. Don't draft him into military service. Don't put him in the war. And yet, the people of Maui, who many who have lost the lives of friends and loved ones, who've lost their homes, who've lost their businesses and livelihoods, and they only get 700 bucks? No wonder. I mean, Maui could easily become a MAGA country after that. Because how much of this... Oh, and let's not forget East Palestine, Ohio, after that mess. Which, by the way, to this very day, and it's been months since it's happened, Biden has never shown up. Never. And frankly, the people of East Palestine wouldn't want him there anyway. And even Joy Behar, the vicious... Ugh, the vicious... Yaich <clears throat> of The View, who is one mean... She's a... Okay, I'm just going to say it. I'm only, I know I'm only in trouble. But she was one seriously mean-ass, vicious bitch. When she said, on The View, before their audience of messed up women, most of them, that the people of East Palestine, because it's Trump country there, and when President Trump came, they threw a parade. They showed him a lot of love. And he didn't come empty-handed. That's for sure. He did not come empty-handed. I mean, a convoy, a caravan of semi-trucks loaded with supplies, with water, with all kinds of things to pour the community. Yep, and she says, and Behar has the um, unmitigated gall to say that, well, it's their fault for having this disaster because they're Trump supporters. And ABC didn't do jack. I thought to myself, holy crap. You can be that insensitive, that cruel, that cold on ABC if you're a liberal and nobody holds you to account. Nobody. I'm, I'm sorry. I am just, I, I'm, well, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Because people like this, like Behar, and the governor of Hawaii, oh, oh, oh. oh the governor of Hawaii, I mean, he gets interviewed on uh, Face the Nation. He's like, well, it's climate change, it's climate change, it's climate change. What? I mean, my gosh, the federal government? isn't even going to use their resources to investigate what caused the fires and the th and the thinking of these officials well if we set off the sirens they're going to think it's a tsunami and they're going to go up into the fire P I'm serious there are people who believe that you and me I mean these folks in Maui think they are dumb Dumb! Holy cow, people! I just thought, are you kidding? If they see smoke, uh, yeah, they know it's a fire. 
They absolutely know it's a fire. But no, we can't do that. I'm like, ugh, my lord. We have got these government officials on, on Maui. I mean, it's so bad. One of them already had to resign. And on top of that, that's Joe Biden even had the unmitigated gall after three weeks of the fires having started. Well, I've been there since day one. I'm like, <coughs> oh my God. I mean, I thought I was just going to croak. I said, are you freaking serious? Sorry. You weren't there since day one. I mean, hell, ask the people in East Palestine, Ohio. They never saw you. They just saw Preeti Pete and his ditzy blonde press secretary. I'm like, my God, people. Uh, it's just, it, it's seriously messed up. And there's going to be a lot more about what's going on on Maui that's coming out. And it's just going to be weird. I mean, just straight up weird. Uh, aye, aye, aye. Well, something to maybe make my, uh, <laughs> take my blood pressure down a little, but I kind of doubt it. Now, of course, with all of this going on, Congress will be back in session in just a few short weeks. And they are still going to have the very big mess to clean up as far as appropriations and spending. They were, McCarthy promised there would be regular order, 12 separate appropriations bills voted on, but nope, because McCarthy bending over and grabbing the ankles for schmucky Chucky Schumer and Mitch the son of a <clears throat> McConnell Nope, we're going to get a continuing resolution in September and then, you know, and then come around Christmas time is going to be another omnibus bill from hell. And frankly, if the House Republicans don't put some serious pressure on McCarthy to do what he promised, he's already screwed the pooch uh, on the debt ceiling deal. Oh no, he's already done that. But if he messes this up, it's just a matter of time to see who's going to be the one who puts forth a motion to vacate. Hmm, that's going to be it. But Russ Vote of the Center for Renewing America yesterday on Steve Bannon's War Room gave more of the what's seriously up and what's going on behind the scenes and hopefully not having the disaster uh, awaiting us of a continuing resolution. But I'll let Mr. Vote speak for himself. Well, I think the two are, are very connected in the sense that these congressional deadlines are leverage points, and they are leverage points that have massive media messaging opportunities. And this is the last leverage point. We talk about the leverage points all the time on this show. But this is the last leverage point before the election. There will be one in next September, but it's largely right before the election is never used. But this is the last real one where you have a year of, of 
political relief without an election coming, where you can have a big debate on something that's shaping and imp impacting the country. And this is the moment where you have to go after the weaponization that's occurring against the lawsuits, against political opponents. We, 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 we've now gone over you know, the river with regard to we are now using legal and lawfare to, in a, in a very Roman way, where if you were not out of, if you were not in office, you're getting sued, and and that is not a, that is a that is a debate we have to take to the country. We have to take a debate to the country about the extent to which the FBI is weaponized, the border has been weaponized. So I think what some of the House conservatives are going to saying already and going to continue to say is that this has to be a big debate on the security of the country. Half the country is no longer secure, and there should be no funding to the extent that there is no security in this country. And that applies to the border, the Department of Justice, even energy security. And I think that will that debate will come to head in the next few weeks. And unfortunately, Kevin McCarthy is doing what we always know he would be doing, but what he's doing now is he's much more brazen about it. And he's out there right now conspiring with uh, Chuck Schumer to do a continuing resolution. We're just going to autopilot to avoid a government shutdown. And I think what's changed is that the American people want to shut down. They want to shut down weaponized government. That is the whole goal, and that needs to occur. And the debate that occurs needs to be about the, the way and the extent to which the government has been weaponized against the American people and convince more and more. A lot of us know it. A lot of us don't know it, and those people that don't know it, it's a dynamic debate that get their attention. Okay. Hello. I don't think it can be expressed any better because, once again, the government, Republican, Democrat, Uniparty, it's just ridiculous. They are putting you, the American people, in an even bigger bind with this crazy spending and they're counting on the fact that you're not informed i mean i've already in a recent show told about what happened with the credit rating agency fitch when it came to the government and our credit the u.s government's credit went from a triple a the highest level it can be it got knocked down to double a plus that doesn't help and right now you've got this week in jackson hole you've got all of the really big monkey high monkey monks you've got the federal reserve and others who are still going to be dealing with and working on getting a digital currency here in the united states that's bad enough then you throw in right now over in durban the people the BRICS summit with 60 nations attending, including, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And they are going to be figuring out how to launch the first salvo in the war against the U.S. dollar as the prime reserve currency. And yet, we got doofuses here in our own government who are making an already bad situation even worse because they don't want to get you know they don't want to get their hands dirty well kevin mccarthy get ready because if you're going to bend over and grab the ankles for schumer and mcconnell over in the senate with a continuing resolution 
I'm really praying, if you're going to be that stupid, then get ready because we're going to completely unmask you. The House conservatives are going to unmask you. They're, they're going to be putting out a motion to vacate the chair. And then let's see how many of your Democrat friends are going to come along and save your miserable hide. Because you are uniparty to the core, baby. You are. And the American people are not going to let you forget it. Okay? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Oh, anyway, my friends, I'm going to call it a day today on this supersized edition of the program. Uh, tomorrow and the rest of the week is going to be a ton of fun with the quote-unquote debate uh, tomorrow night. I mean, that's, no, just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Tucker and Trump are going to be a heck of a lot more interesting than uh, the rest of these yahoos and wannabes are going to be. So, my friends, uh, love you all. Take care of yourself. I will see you tomorrow. And always remember, patriots come in all colors.